0: Hello, this is Faith and Create, a podcast about makers and their faith. Today I'm going to chat with Sydney-based photographer Tim Pascoe, who started out in wedding photography. Tim's grateful heart does shine through as he chats about his photography um, journey so far. He currently captures fine art and commercial portraits for a variety of clients like Wesley Mission and Hammond Care, and also does some photography for News Limited and The Telegraph. Tim shares his faith journey with us and I always love to hear a bit of tech talk, so I ask him about his camera and his lenses. I found Tim's story quite interesting and unexpected, so please get comfy and enjoy listening along. Nice to, to nice yeah. to chat to another photographer.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I actually um, only caught up with a mate of mine, a photographer, uh, last week, and it's probably the first real kind of like. Well, I only catch up with photographers very rarely. You either hear really bad or you hear really good. You don't hear any, anything in between.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm I'm going okay, amazingly, but I am taking one day at a time, as in work wise. I have had some interesting new jobs that have come about because people need, you've probably had the same, I can't wait to ask you, Um, but Mm. they've needed imagery because people can't come to them anymore. So they've had Mm. to get imagery captured so that they can share whatever they need to share and that's been new. Um, But Mm. then event photography has gone splat. Um, I miss events. Um, (laughs) That's um, for sure. (laughs)
1: Completely (laughs) and utterly died because it was probably about, I reckon, maybe about 30% of my business. It's completely and utterly gone now. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, I can't imagine it right now going back. I can't picture how they'll do events. So it seems to be it's kind of hit a dead end. But I'm very Mm -hmm. interested Mm -hmm. to see what what comes of it like new creative ways um new invent inventing new ways to do what they used to do with events
1: yeah well I, i've got a good mate who's uh, a um, prominently event photographer and one of his biggest clients is adobe obviously their big main event they have in sydney is obviously not happening and now they've done this big online event i think Adobe's almost tempted to sort of just go well why don't we just keep it as a big online you know event so it's it's interesting what's happening because there's a lot of companies are going actually this worked really well and we're getting more more people to these events why mm. do we need to spend yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars on do i say on the icc <laughs> and uh and all these other which is kind of bad because it, there's a lot of uh companies that you know obviously rely on
2: yeah
1: um you know events to come through I think there's still nothing better than an actual physical event because you get to actually touch products and see it and in the flesh, you know.
0: Yeah, and people do get to catch up. Like some sometimes there's a lot of unnecessary stuff that goes on at events, depending mm, on what the event of is. Course. But there is an opportunity for like-minded people when they get together to to catch up and build relationships. So that's a bit sad as well. So mm. finding other ways to connect and that's, yeah i'm sure yeah, there will yeah. be other ways but yeah no it's interesting oh it's so good so good to hear well yes I'll, i've kind of started recording <laughs> oh,
1: that's all right no I worries get, well I, get, I always find these things very nerve-wracking that when i have gonna talk about myself
0: well so so do i it's funny that i've started doing this yeah yeah
1: because i, I think I, it's amazing when i saw your email come through i'm like oh good on you that's so good because there's so many amazing creatives around and um especially faith-based creatives. And uh, yes. I think we all kind of like think we're the only ones and then we go, oh, gosh, I didn't hear, you know. Exactly. so-and-so there and there's so-and-so there and they're doing this. I'm like, oh, man, that's amazing. So, mm. yeah. you know, well, us creatives tend to be very hard on ourselves. It's a solo job. It's yes. you're not going to... An office or you know some space where you're working along other colleagues it's like it's like yep you're flying solo you know which is yeah can be uh can be quite tough i reckon
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. When we do go to work, I find, you know, photographing, you are kind of so busy. You don't have time to have conversations, otherwise you miss the shot. (laughs)
2: Mm, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially if you're shooting
1: a wedding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So yeah, it's really, really nice to connect with um, creatives and that's kind of how, why this was born. And there are a lot of Mm. us out there and I'm just interested. So I have been, you know, following your work for a very long time. So I thought, I, you, I'm not sure how much you remember, but I might refresh you. I first came across your work when mm. you did a wedding at Balmoral Beach for Elizabeth yes. and Rod. Do yeah. you remember? Do you remember way back then?
1: Yes, way back then. Um, oh my gosh! Um, it feels lot- like only like a couple of years ago, but it was way back then.
0: I know, yes, yes. It was just the other day.
1: (laughs) That's right, exactly. Yeah,
0: so, and I was bridesmaid and I was that silly bridesmaid that flew through the um, reception doors and landed splat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and
2: who who can forget?
0: Yeah, good. You remember. And, um, (laughs) but you captured the wedding so wonderfully. You didn't capture me doing that, which is very nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, you know, I I aim to please. Come on.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was funny. My, my you guys are
1: going to be all very graceful the whole day. So I didn't want to do
0: that uh, too. Yeah. No, that's me. I always do something a little bit silly um, yeah. in my life. It keeps me, it keeps me grounded. Um, but yes, that was it. And I loved your work. And then I ended up, you know, when I got married, I ended up getting you as well. Um, yeah, of course. And um, I just loved your imagery. And then when I started getting into photography myself, I've, I did reach out to you I remember I think I asked you what flash flash I should you know what flash do you recommend because I was trying to buy a flash and I was like overwhelmed and and I asked you and you kindly got back to me um with a canon um 580 EX I think it was yes yeah yep. and that was so helpful because oh, I, I ended up purchasing that and I've still got it now and it still works really well I've upgraded as well but it was really nice of you to share your knowledge oh, thought nice. I'd I'd refresh you on those memories, and I was wondering what works looking like for you now. Yeah,
1: well, it's just, um, it's almost like, uh, can I say it's turned on its head a fair bit? In a, well, in a positive way for me, because the end of 2015, I, I think I got to you know some extraordinary amount of weddings, and um, after pretty much photographing weddings from '90s seven I was pretty when I started yeah end of 2015 I had three weddings in three days in two different states Ugh. and pretty much you know um how you say I kind of like broke the camel's back and I think that I, I you know i well and truly gone okay um I think I've kind of need a break I need to, I need to stop and reevaluate uh where I'm going because I didn't I didn't want to kind of you know get to 50 I'm, I'm now 46 years old and i think i didn't want to get to 50 and go oh yeah, i'm still in the same boat of photographing weddings which is not a bad thing but it just wasn't what i what i wanted what i planned and oh, i've just been so blessed because falling out of just slowly coming out of the wedding industry and moving into something which was completely a big faith step because i'm going from mm. from good money to no money and you know my amazing wife's really supported me and just said hey yeah look you I can see you you, you're burnt out you need to really move somewhere else and I've actually fallen a lot into the aged care sector and you know most of my clients are now kind of Wesley Mission and Hammond Care and Uniting and RSL Life Care and and I've pretty much the last three to four years I've just been doing these projects for these clients um which are people with you know disabilities or people with you know uh, homelessness or you know dementia dementia has been a really big one and I've just walked into this world of like meeting families and you know people who are carers and who are you know extremely struggling and and it's almost like I'm walking in and having this really personal, you know, in-depth opportunity to, um, to take their portrait. Wow. And, and it's been, it's just been like, oh my gosh, Mary, I can't begin to tell you the stories. like the stories are just, wow. just phenomenal. Like people with mental illness. Yeah. There was John, uh, John's and John was like late sixties, but he was in a, um, in a care home in Scone. And I went up there to photograph. I was asked to photograph him. And one of the things they really said to me said, Look, Tim, uh, sorry, John has, he had a mental illness and um, he's schizophrenic, uh, you know. And so I kind of, you know, going up there, driving up, thinking, Oh my gosh, like, is this going to be, you know, crazy? And I'm, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it was quite, you know, it's been a bit daunting. And then when I walked in, I met his Kara Jenny, who's the loveliest lady. Yep. And then I I instantly had this I've always had this approach where I'm like, I always want to connect with my clients or my my subjects before I even look at a camera. Mm. And um I sat with John for about forty five minutes and, and had the best time with oh. him and chatted about how he invented aircrafts that can take off without fuel and stuff like this. It was like, Oh my gosh, oh. this man's a genius, right? And after about forty-five minutes, I actually said to John, "I'm like, hey, can I take can I take a photo of you?" And he's like, "Oh, absolutely." Yeah. So I got these beautiful portraits of him, and then I ended up. He asked me to come in, into he back to his room so I could see his his nieces because he had pretty much no family. Yeah. He's, he's he only had his sister who lived in que- far north Queensland, and she had her daughter's wedding, and he got photos of it, and and it was like just spending. Uh, You know I tell these stories because it was for me it's it's not about just the photography it's about um just sharing this you know even if it's two hours of your time with people who are just so lonely and for me that is just such a blessing and it was just and and this is what I've fallen into and it's every time I there's just no no it's it's amazing There's just countless stories that I've that I've come across in the last four years
0: yeah, that's really wonderful to have those opportunities. How rewarding, as well. Mm. Um, mm. It and- is
1: so rewarding because you, I found that a lot of the people that I have photographed have never been photographed professionally, yeah, or never had a beautiful portrait of them taken of themselves, yep. and also uh, like the families have, have seen these pictures and gone. Oh my gosh like you know I, I can't believe what you've achieved just in you know the back room or you know in the back garden or whatever and it's like you know they've got this beautiful intimate portrait of these people and it's something that the family will cherish forever especially people older the older generation uh who've got uh, a lot of my clients who have got dementia or um you know some kind of mental illness or disability Yeah, and they're like i've never seen a such a beautiful you know tortured of them and you're like yeah well and i'm just all about just sharing it like just getting it out there and saying to my clients and saying hey listen make sure that all the family has access to these pictures yeah. because
2: yeah true. I, I,
1: yeah, you and i you know the client and myself go yeah that's great they're beautiful pictures we don't know the impact that it's going to have yep, you know true. 50 years down the track of um of that particular person so yeah, yeah it's quite it's quite it's very rewarding
0: and what client leads you to those kind of jobs you said it was um hammond care and wesley mission
1: wesley mission yeah are my two main ones uh yeah uh, look i it's a total god thing right i i didn't i didn't follow this at all i didn't chase this at all i actually never thought i'd be a portrait photographer i i fell into weddings and it was something that just made complete sense and yeah. i understood it and it was my comfort zone, and I could turn up, and I had my, you know, my list in my head, of what I needed to achieve in the day. Um, and then when I came out, it was so scary in a way because I'm, you know, you're kind of thinking, oh my gosh, like mm. no one, no one <laughs> gets paid as a full time photographer anymore. You know, we don't. It's just so hard to achieve. Yeah. I think there's only about five percent of us in in the country that are actual full time photographers. And it was one of my actual, one of my beautiful brides. She contacted me out of the blue, and I'd photographed their wedding <laughs> moons ago, like, like herself. And then um,
2: yeah. she
1: said, "I'm actually heading up the marketing for Wesley Mission, ah. and we we have decided that the old photos of you know someone taking a photo with their phone or an old cheap camera doesn't really cut our marketing anymore. Yeah, and we wanna we want to put money into phot- photography. So I'm like. Brilliant. So it ended yeah. up um, I had the whole team come from the Wesley, from Wesley and I photographed they asked me to photograph a boy who was 21 years old who'd now become uh, amateur boxer yep. and he'd spent pretty much most of his entire life as an ice addict. Wow. And so I went over to Cogreway and met this, met this lovely boy. And he had his trainer with him and we met at this you know gr- grungy old gym, um, yeah. you know, boxing gym. And I went from that and I had um, one of the head of marketing from Wesley said to me, so I want this, this and this, and I want this and this, and yeah. I want this is this, this. I'm like, Yeah, that's great. That's all no worries, <laughs> beautiful. But then when you actually meet the person, yeah. um, which was Mitch Mitch has never been photographed. Yeah, this is massive camera, you know, camera, that's, that's you know yep. pointed in his face or whatever. And I just, I just ended up chatting to Mitch and said, and just asking questions and had a good chin wag. and oh, good. And you could, you know, you can almost see the team sort of standing around going, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" <laughs> you know, scratching his head. And then I said um, to the team, I said, uh, Mitch and I are just going to go for a walk." And I'm thinking to myself, "What up?" What do I don't know what to do here. How am I going to do this? Is this
0: one of your first uh, times shooting huh? for them? Is this one of your first mm-hmm. times shooting for them? A the story. This
1: is yeah. This is pretty much my first. This is my first shoot oh, with Wesley. Cool.
2: Yeah.
1: So then I just I ended up going somewhere different, away from the from the you know the crowd and the buzz, and it was just Mitch and I. So, and it was, I just saw this light, and I said, "Hey, Mitch, can you just stand there? Are, are you feel comfortable about having this camera?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm fine. I'm fine." Yeah. So, our, look, cut the, the story short, basically they end up using it for the front cover for the Wesley Impact magazine, and wow. that was it. They were hooked. They just said, oh, my gosh, we need, Tim, we need you to come and do most of our stuff. And so after that, oh, my gosh, Marie, the amount of people that I've, that I've met who are homelessness, who, you know, dementia patients or who have, so I photographed a whole bunch of amazing guys yesterday all with disabilities mental disabilities for me to come in and just be just loving in that just that short yeah. amount of time what a blessing that is
0: and wesley mission is such a great um cause you know they're really trying to help <sighs> and connect and that's it's always so nice yeah. to be a part of something that's really trying to um help people and and work mm. together and improve situations it's nice to be part of that as well and capture so that because the idea of the imagery is to tell more people about what Wesley's doing so that they can they can get more support so they can do more um mm.
2: Yeah. Mm. Is that, yeah is that it's
0: exactly
1: like, right and for me to go from you know weddings into that has just been incredible and yeah. you know never ever thinking that I'd have the opportunity to be a, a portrait photographer and and falling into that and it was just gosh it was so good it, and it's been so amazing and I'm hoping you know, I'm really praying that it it continues you know but we always never know what the industry is or you know is doing no
0: that's right we're definitely in a change at the moment and i mm. i really love knowing god because it gives you a, it gives me a peace that mm. that he knows what's going on even though i don't and i don't know what around the corner yeah just one day at a time and that's such a nice little surprise um the turn that you've had in your your career i didn't realize that you were doing doing um portraits for for Wesleyan for charity yeah it's
1: interesting coming out of that comfort zone and knowing what you know and then all of a sudden yep. just doing a complete matter flip am i going to make a, an income out of this and i going to survive and god's just like it's t- to me, I always found that I've, I'm always thinking, oh, like I'm, I'm going to have no work and I'll um, I'll just go find a job, you know, and every time I am start searching for a job, <laughs> it's like, honestly, Marie, God, God grabs me around the scruff of the neck yeah. and pulls me back so many times and goes, where are you going? Yeah. This is what I planned you to do. And and in a way, you tend, I tend to sort of feel a little bit like, oh, but, Lord, but God, like I'm... I feel so, you know, such like a sinner all the time and you're blessing me all the time. Why, why Lord? Why do you do that? Uh, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm just, you know, it's it, it's one of those things I'm just forever grateful, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a nice surprise, isn't it? I, I do understand because I never thought photography was something you could make money out of. I, mm. I grew up loving it, but making money from, you know, taking photos for people, I couldn't see, I couldn't imagine how that, could be possible and it's so nice when you know god hands it to you and you're like oh thank you <laughs> yeah um, i know it is so I nice really because i mean this.
1: even starting my career was an absolute you know out of the blue moment and it was almost like i look back and i wasn't a christian when i started i think i was just on the borderline of you know knowing god and and, and when i look back i'm like oh my goodness like it's planned all along like look at all these all these things that have just fallen into place—like how is there's you know how is that possible? It, it's it's all planned.
0: Yeah, and well, speaking of faith, do you can you share how you became a Christian or how your faith started?
1: Yeah, yeah, I um I basically grew up in you know around you know the northern beaches, and I <laughs> came from a very big family who, uh, let's just say that there was a lot of interesting times growing up in the 80s and, you know, well, 90s, and my, I had uh, three older brothers and a younger half-brother and a younger half-sister. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of chaos in my family. And then I ended up sort of, you know, giving up on school pretty early. So at the end of year 10, I was, I was done. I just said, look, I, I don't think school's for me anymore. And I found myself kind of like, you know, like, hanging out with guys that were you know more my mates and we we'd get up to a bit of mischief and trouble but then as soon as i sort of started working i fell into of you know the full-time job where you have to turn up and you know there's no excuses and i actually became a i got a a job as a lithographic printer um apprenticeship in Balgawa. i was there for like about 12 months and then this Young guy who was actually just a year younger than me. He started, uh, and he came in, and he was this really lovely guy from Toe Hills, and he was always really happy and cheerful. And yeah, how are you, Tim? Blah blah blah. And I was like, this guy's really cool. And mm. I was, and then I, I he told me this was a Christian, and I said, mate, I'm, you know, I've been a Christian for twelve months, and you know, God's this and God's that. And I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. no, here we go, another God botherer. <laughs> um But and um and through that, I was just like, oh, I'll get this guy, you know, ask him heaps questions, and you know, I'll definitely get him. I'll have him unstuck. So for like a couple of years, you know, I'd always been hassling with questions. But then I, I slowly found myself moving away from my my mates and sort of st- starting to do things that I think you know that I wanted to actually do in my life, you know, because I. I am a creative, and I was like, oh, I want to go, want to go study drama, and I want to go learn the guitar, and I want to, and you know, back yeah. in the day, if you're doing that, it was like, oh, it's really frowned upon. Why would you want to go study drama and all this sort of stuff? And yeah. then I just so happened to meet my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my lovely wife,
2: yeah.
1: And um, in that period where I was sort of transitioning away from my schoolmates, and I think. I had a real sense of there's got to be more. Maybe Greg is right. You know, there's got just got to be more to life than than what I have now. Like, seriously. And I, as I said, like I came from a, fam- a, a family which had a lot of, you know, alcohol and drug issues. And I'd seen the destruction that had gone on with my brothers. And I came, I started to really question where I was going and I, and I, I think, you know, when I think for young men at like 20 ages of 19 and sort of 25, yeah. I think we do really start fearing what we're going to do, you know, like we've got to step yeah. up and um, start, at, you know, getting more, just, what's the word, you know, like start really thinking about what we're going to do with our lives and we have to make a decision on what we're going to do and, you know, there's all these really tough decisions yeah. and uh, for me, I was just like, Oh my gosh this is really this is i can't do this like i, I can't do that i don't want to do that and I'm, what i'm doing at the moment i hate and all this sort of stuff and then anyway sorry to tell you the long story but no, i love ended it. up Keep going. <laughs> really questioning what where my life was going and when i met my my girlfriend now wife uh she my lovely that she um our first date i just said do you believe in God? And she's like, Yeah, she's I've been a Christian for a long time. And all right. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my goodness. So we had this really like first date, still you know, Stella Blue, D Wave, you know, speech, so good. We ended up having this really good God conversation. And I was just kind of like, Oh, wow. And then through that, she I started asking her more questions. And then she ended up sort of saying, Hey, there's this, there's this kind of like cool course we can go to at St. Mark's Church at Avalon. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's really non-threatening and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, cool. And it just so happened to be the Alpha course.
2: Oh, <laughs> so, I've heard of
1: that, yeah. So, yeah, so I did the Alpha course, and which I found just phenomenally amazing. And, well, actually through that I didn't become a Christian. I, I, I got actually asked by one of the youth pastors to come and help with youth. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. No he's happy to help with you. And there's this massive amount of youth. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so I'm helping out for weeks. And then they had the Holy Spirit weekend where you kind of like, you know, everyone gets together for like a good solid whole Saturday and part of Sunday or, you know. And I remember that Saturday afternoon, I had a friend who, uh, one of the youth pastors came over to me and she just said, God's just told me to pray for you. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Like just totally out of the blue. And I'm like. Oh my gosh! Really? She's like, yeah, yeah. And I, and out of all the youth that were there, she walks over to me and says, Go, I've got to pray for you." And I'm like, "Oh." And I think that was the time where I where I said, no, "You know what, Lord? That's it. Yeah. You, um. I. I. I, I can't, I'm. I'm giving up. I'm yours. That's it. So. Yeah. yeah that's, that's that's kind of like the, the story of how I became a Christian. So oh,
0: I love those. And my songs.
1: wife's always like, you know, it's a, it's amazing and it's a blessing that you came where you came from and now you know to know god it's just it's it's truly um, remarkable
0: yeah and how old were you when that kind of happened
1: uh, i was about 22 yeah. 23
0: 23 maybe oh actually
1: no yeah, uh, yeah about, between, uh, about 23, I'd say, 24, around yeah. about that.
0: Oh, it's so interesting, especially because you're, in, you're an, an Aussie male as well, like on the northern beaches, mm. you know, having someone come up and say, I want to pray for you, and you, mm. le- and you let them as well. That's so special because it is mm. a bit awkward, yeah. isn't it, um, when people feel in their heart to do something like that? And-
1: it is super awkward, and I just wish everyone, uh, you know, has that understanding of Jesus' love. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like he has such love for us, and it's and it's like every time you you talk to people about about God, it's almost like this instant fear of like, well, no, my life will change if I become a Christian. Well, well, it only changes for the better. Like <laughs> anyway, it's it's, uh, it's it's a hard one.
0: Yeah, you know, I know. You just it does, doesn't it? It's it's a journey, and, you, and much better to have him. Um, in your life than, than not
1: oh my gosh absolutely um, I you know not that I'm saying that my life became phenomenally different after becoming Christian but it's that you said it before it's like we just have that, that hope in our heart you know yeah. it's uh, it's that foundation that you always can rely on and when you you, know, you you look at your life before and go gosh I was literally walking on sand all the time but now I'm kind of you know I'm yeah. I'm on rock now like I'm I'm there you know
2: Yeah
1: it's, it's... Uh, you, you, I, as a creative I'm forever just always had that hope in god that you know I'm walking every day in faith you know I live on the northern beaches I I bought a house on the northern beaches and I'm compl- and I'm working in an industry which no one wants to pay for yeah. so you know it's a miracle it's it's remarkable you know and i'm still god still you know providing me with shoots and work and you know what i mean
0: yeah i love that that he's a he's a rock because it's true the creative i have found that too the creative industry isn't as solid as as say um i do dabble a bit of teaching i find that feels safe or it's a safe kind of job, but um, I'm doing more yeah, creative work now. And mm. there's a sense of you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's going. It's it's like sand. And when I've yeah. got God, I feel like I've got this rock and I can just go back to him. And I'm still a human. And it does not make me like all <laughs> of a sudden perfect just because I'm following him. But he is perfect. And I just love to lean on him. And when I'm uncertain. Yeah. No, I love. Um, yeah. um, it's really... Yep. Really great to hear your story. I love it. And can you take us back to how you first discovered photography? Like, what point did you know you were going to have a career in it? Take us back to the beginning.
1: <laughs> uh, well, so I, uh, I had absolutely no idea, Marie, that I was oh, going to be a photographer. I love I it. I never, never really picked up a camera. Yeah. Would you believe <laughs> I had absolutely no interest in being a photographer
0: that is funny. um
1: but my story is that yep. i after meeting my lovely wife her older sister uh, was good friends with an old one of my old pe teachers from school from yep. baron Joe high um and him him and his wife and um he had been running a photography business for about sort of i think about six years before that and i just quit my job as a printer around Christmas time I'd been there for about about six years for the Mm -hmm. same company and I was really really done with it like I was just totally like this is the the worst I hated it and you know I hated it from the start and I hated it (laughs) in the end and it was the sort of job but it, hey it got me qualified in something and I met some amazing guys that kind of well especially one that really mentored me through my teenagehood you know yeah. and to this day I still catch up with Al and he's he's a very good mate and he's been an absolute pivotal good male role in my life and anyway so I just quit I'd gone up to up to Crescent Head with um, my wife and her family well my girlfriend at the time and her family.
2: Yeah.
1: And it just so happened that her sister came and her husband and 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 these friends of theirs and I bumped into them again and rekindled our you know, the friendship that we had of, you know, back in the school day, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, he said, Oh no, I'm not teaching anymore. I've been running this photography business and blah, blah, blah. And I said, Oh, okay. And then I just happened to say to him, Oh, look, do you have any jobs as <laughs> photographers? And he's like, <laughs> um, and then he, I'm like, what? Why are they even asking? Even... Yeah, and you... he's like, oh. he's like, what do you, what do you like with the camera? And I said, um, um... I don't know. I don't know what I'm like with the camera. I'd like to learn. I honestly, Maria, I never, yeah. I don't even know where it even came from. But I wasn't I, expecting like, that. Oh, okay, That's and then I was, you know, I'm th- I'm walking away going, yeah, that was that was uh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, about. A month and a half later, he actually called me out of the blue and said, Hey, Tim, you know, his studio was in Narrabeen. and he said, Why don't you come around and um, I think someone to do some like video work? Like, you know, are you good with a video camera? I said, <laughs> uh, Yeah, like, yeah, sure. So I ended up going around his house and he said, Here's the video camera. I want you to just go around the backyard and just film stuff. Okay. So I did yeah. that, and he came and goes, Oh, okay, no worries. So what are you doing this Saturday? You want to come and film a wedding with me for free and i said yeah sure no worries came and filmed the wedding with him and he literally loved what i did he's like are you sure you haven't had any training and i was like no training at all just just make i just see it i press record that's it right so so he's like okay great so out of that he ended up getting me to come to most weddings and he was offering it to couples and saying look i can get you a videographer for you know five hundred dollars and he'll come and do the whole day. So they're like, Oh yeah, sure, no worries, because it was so cheap, because it yeah. was training me, it was making him money, yeah. and it was a service that he wanted to offer. So out of that, it just went on and on, like it just it just exploded. And then he actually had an assistant Allison who would uh he would pretty much finish his finish at the reception, start of the reception and then Alison and myself would continue all the way till the dead end, right? So, because Tony had been already photographing for so long,
2: yeah.
1: he's like, "I can't, I don't do receptions. Alison does the receptions." So, of course, every weekend you can imagine, you know, it's just so many weddings. Alison and I would always, you know, have a bit of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: I'd do some still photography. I'd pick up her camera, and she'd pick up the video, the video camera, and we'd we'd have a bit of a laugh and. Yeah, blah blah blah. And that was film days. That was 97. So they used to, we used to do all our own processing in the studio. So um, every Wednesday, Alison would come in and they'd go through, because she was training as a photographer as well. And she would sit there and go through all the proofs. And sure enough, they're going through all the proofs. And Tony's pulling out, going, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is really good. This is the sort of stuff that I want. Oh, and (laughs) Thank goodness that she was actually very honest. And she said, oh, um, they're not mine. They're, they're Tim's. So he's like, oh, really? And uh, through that, he's like, oh, okay. And so I ended up just starting to play around with the camera and it just made... I, Marie, yeah. nothing's made sense in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. The camera's,
0: <laughs> right? the camera's quite but complex. It is quite re- complex. Weirdly,
1: really, you up the camera makes sense. I just... It's that is so
0: funny. I was not it's expecting so that. Weird.
1: It's just so weird. I just understand the the, you know, the three formalities of a camera, and that's all I need, right? Like I entered the uh, photography awards and ended up winning self-commissioned photographer of the year for 2002. Yeah. So I, I wasn't even – I didn't even consider myself a professional photographer. <laughs> what? Hang on. I don't understand the camera. I just point the camera and shoot it. And I ended up just just getting runner-up New South Wales Professional of wow. the year. And I you was did. like, no, this is weird. Like, what? Uh, I, you know, to stand up in front of everyone, all these greats in yeah. the industry and go, oh, thanks for the award. Why am I even standing here? This is so, this is not so not me. And so through that, I was you know, just smashing at awards and then I ended up just going, saying to Tony, I just said, look, I, I really just want to go do my own thing.
0: Yeah. Was that hard so, to step out on your own or was it just nat- uh, natural process? No, it
1: wasn't because it just worked out. I want to go do my own thing. And he's like, okay, no worries.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, my first couple, would you believe? Yeah. And I said, okay, I'll, I can shoot weddings I can't actually show you any work because all the work oh. belonged to yeah. the studio. And he and he basically said, you, you can't, that's not your portfolio. That's yeah. not you, your work. Uh, that's the studio's work. So, And this couple literally were like, okay, Tim, we believe you. Um, we want to book you for our wedding.
0: Oh, wow. Without so saying anything. Like, there was no social without, media. <laughs> without a
1: portfolio. Oh,
0: we're that gone. is so funny.
1: Out of that, I think I got six weddings. Yeah. Because – so – and then that six weddings just went, you know, started spreading. like Yes, it did.
0: (laughs) And I was probably a part of that um, because I saw –
1: You were a part of that. So I ended up, um, I think for the first, you know, year or two, um, was – just started to sort of spread more and more. But in that time, my wife was working full-time. And then she was like, oh, look, I – I really want to get your business going even more and how about I quit my job and I'll just get you, you know, I'll do heaps of marketing and she's event event coordinator. So I'm like,
2: yes, awesome, this is
1: so cool. And so she quit her really good job um, thinking we're going to, you know, go into this amazing business and just really smash out weddings and then about a week later we found out she was pregnant (laughs) and we're like,
2: Uh.
1: oh, my gosh, okay. So it kind of – Freaked me out, and really, this is how good God is. Yeah, that I had no, like I didn't have a lot of weddings. I had about six weddings, and that's not going to be enough to survive paying rent in in Sydney or you know uh, supporting a child or even supporting my wife and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But three days later, I kid you not, I had a call from someone who wanted me to call a person at Cumberland Newspapers. And I rang them up and yeah. this guy by the name of Paul Melville, who's head of Cumberland Newspapers as a pictorial editor, he said, I'm after someone three days a week working for in news photography. So I'm ah. like, okay. So I went and met him yeah. and he offered me the job on the spot.
2: Oh, and so I
1: had a permanent part-time position with Cumberland News, which is News Corp, yeah. um, working for, you know, Mandy Daily or North Shore Times, that sort of stuff. <gasps> So oh,
2: that's great. I ended
1: up having that three days a week to, to, to cover our expenses. And then I was building the wedding business. And then it, you know, within, a, I think about a year and a half, the, the weddings just exploded too much. I had to had to quit that job, which I absolutely loved.
2: Yeah,
0: so, you had to. Wow, that's interesting. You had to because it was so busy. Because it's a lot it of business. It? Yeah. it was too much. It
1: was too much. Because I ended up, um, I, I first, rented a little studio, well, office space with a mate of mine. And I remember walking in um, and saying to him, I said, I feel just so overwhelmed. I've got weddings going on and meeting people and, yeah. and doing this job and I love this job. And he just said to me, he goes, Tim's starting to quit it. And I was like, um, so, sorry, what? No, no, he said, mate, it's, you got to take a leap of faith. Yeah. And I did. I walked into my boss the next day. I just walked in and said, hey, mate, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, and in a resignation. He he looked at me, he's like, uh, what? We were just about off you full time job. Oh. I said, oh, That sounds lovely and secure But I said, No, I can't do it And he's like, Oh my gosh, no one quits these jobs I was like, oh, yeah, no, no one quits these jobs. <laughs> so I'm walking in faith and sure enough
0: Yeah. But you have done a little bit I have noticed a little bit of the telegraph from now from time to time. Have you ever submitted stuff recently or?
2: That- yeah, so
1: I fell back in with the telly about three years ago because moving off the weddings, I, you know, of course I was scrambling and thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do for income? Yeah. And it just so happened that um, I came across uh, a friend who I actually got a job for at Cumberland
2: yeah.
1: um, at the time back in the day. And he said, oh, mate, why don't you um, give um the pictorial Sunday Telegraph pictorial editor yep. a call. Um here's his details. I just rang him and you know, thank goodness that Damo is just one of those guys who'll who take your call or email or respond to you. Mm. Um he's the busiest guy in the world and super talented. And to me I'm like, what a blessing that he even replied to me yeah. and then uh, he's like yeah he's like Tim come in you know come and see me like let's have a coffee so I was like oh okay sweet so then I ended up you know a couple of days later going in and seeing him and um, oh. he's like mate yeah do you want to do some shifts I'm like uh, sure that would be great so I fell back into not local news but more obviously you know uh, Sydney wide news for the Daily Telegraph
2: yeah that's a and that's great
1: yeah, and I've been and I'm still on shift with them occasionally. Um, you know, I, I, funnily enough, I just had another call from the photographic coordinator on the other line just about two minutes ago. Obviously, ringing me about work. Uh. So, so they ring me quite regularly just to come in do an you know a shift. Um, and I've ended up covering a whole bunch of you know sad stuff to some really cool funky stuff. You know, some big concerts or
2: yeah.
1: meeting some high profile people and photographing them. So. But it's it's not it's not where I want my career to be. i I still want to try and stay in this this commercial portraits um, and meeting more wonderful yeah. people.
0: Yeah. Oh what a story. I was not expecting it so nice to hear your story. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh sorry, it was a bit long. It's no. a bit uh, long winded, but uh, you know, it's that's that's the story it's been amazing
0: what a great opportunity and i do love your grateful heart i love that everything that you've kind of done you just wow thank you (laughs) it's really
2: nice to see
1: well honestly it's nothing that i've done i've never i've never done hardly any marketing i've pretty much next to no marketing in my entire life um i had a marketing woman ring me up one time and she basically started talking about my business and she's like, so what's your marketing plan for the next 12 months? And I said, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, there was just this like deathly silence on the other end. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, right. Um, okay. And I said, well,
0: thanks for your time.
1: <laughs> See you later. Uh,
0: that's funny, too. And
1: that's literally um, – and I think I really, genuinely, like I was deeply uh, cared for every single couple, one of my couples. Whether the whether the couple were yeah. really, really horrible and stressful on the day, I still had a really deep seated, almost to the point where uh, I think it undid me in a lot of ways because I, I I got to a point where I was like, I just care too much. Yeah. I wanted every couple to have just the most phenomenal experience, regardless of where. You know, uh, when I was in Bali, I fell over, um, tripped on the pool, almost went in the pool, and my 7200, as you know how heavy Mm. that is, fell, swung over my shoulder and split the bone just of my my finger. Wow. And so I absolutely nailed my finger so badly, but I put it under my arm, sucked it up, kept shooting, for another eight hours with the a finger that's you know probably six times its normal size right. and this is so not about me this, yeah. and and every yeah. single wedding i always wanted to make sure that um, it has yeah. to be about you guys it always has to be about you guys i just saw so many photographers would be always like you know oh, i want to do this and i want to do that but i'm like no i never wanted to do that i always wanted to. what do you guys want to do what do you want to experience
0: yeah. And so it it does, it's not just about being good with the camera. There's also a side where you've got to be good with people. And that definitely comes through in your work. Back to the beginning when you're telling me that story with Wesley Mission, when you met that, that guy. Well, in that portrait. Mitch, yeah, you, spe- yeah, you yeah. spent time, like a lot of time chatting and getting to know him and through that showing them that you care. And then mm. people also... Are going to be more relaxed when you take their shot because they know that you care and if you just jump in and mm. take a shot without them knowing then you'll capture them awkwardly same with a wedding like if you really care and it really comes through in your work i think that's that's really um yeah it really makes a good photographer as well not just having the skills to hold a camera and know the settings but also knowing yeah. how to care yeah, for i think it. the
1: photography skills are you know a small part of it I, I i really do i think if you come in and and especially i i loved all my brides i call them all my brides because they were my brides
2: <laughs> yeah. um
1: i wanted like us boys most you know 99.9 percent of all the grooms you know of course i made them feel good but i always loved coming in and making film making my brides feel they were worthy and they were beautiful and regardless of who they were, and you know how they thought themselves were. You you know what I'm trying to say. It yes, was, yes. Uh, I think you know you girls can be very tough on yourselves, and <laughs> um, I I really just had this just this you know really caring love. I just really wanted to just look after every single one of them. Yeah, and no, it definitely and shows. I, and that's probably a big part of um, why I you know also got a lot of referrals. I think a lot of um, my brides were yeah. like you know just. Tim. I found that when couples were like Googling wedding photographers, you know, where do you even start? It's, it's <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's how many photographers are in Sydney? There's millions. It is overwhelming.
0: It is overwhelming. Um,
1: but uh, is it the sort of thing where you want to, you know, share one of the most intimate days with a complete and utter stranger who you don't know at all and. I found that when I sat around, this is a few a few years ago, but I sat around with a whole bunch of photographers talking about, you know, they were doing this and they were doing that and I'm buying this advertising, I'm doing this magazine, I'm doing this website for blah blah. And I said, guys, it's all about just referrals. You need your couples to walk away and just say, go and book so so I had the best experience ever.
0: Yeah. It's so refreshing to hear that because there is sometimes this pressure that you've got to do your Facebook ads and your marketing and your... Mm. And, I don't know. I've often thought, oh, I don't respond to those. I don't like clicking on ads. I don't like just picking no. someone randomly. I love a connection. I love to know someone else really enjoyed them or someone really cares. Or so yeah, that's really refreshing to hear that you you haven't had to do the marketing game um, mm. because. I
1: mean, it's been a bl- it has been a blessing, and the other thing is too the whole social media thing. Oh my goodness, I found that I find that extremely difficult because. I am promoting myself. Yeah. Does that make you know? I find that I find that really grating. I'm like, oh my, like, like I'm prom, I'm, I'm sort of going, oh look how amazing I am. It's like I'm not amazing. Like I, I just took this photo, yeah. and it's been like it's you know I just think oh, God's given me this opportunity to take this photograph,
2: yeah, and
1: He's given me this ability to take this photograph. I don't want I don't want the glory on this photograph. Yes, it, of course, there's a human side of me goes, oh, great. I've got like yeah. 50 likes. How amazing is that? But I had so much work that so many people would see the work and go, why aren't you putting that on social media? I'm like, because I don't like self-promotion. <laughs> I just, I found it very, very difficult. I, yes. You know, it's one of the, it's, you know, there's so much work I could show but I'm like, what's it all about, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's really refreshing to hear that because um, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, to showcase it's a constant yeah. battle and God doesn't like us to be self-promoting. He likes, um, yeah, so there's something to that. That's really interesting that you've been able to be so successful and, and I really love that you don't need to play that game. Um, it's really inspiring. I just don't,
1: you know, of course there's all of us have that little bit of that human side where we always go, oh, it'd be nice to have the 20,000 followers, you know, because... Yeah. <laughs> that's that means I'm so important in the whole I- industry, but interestingly, the guys that um I've chatted to who have got the twenty thousand followers or whatever it is mm. that you scratch the surface on them and they go, Oh my gosh, like yeah, I've only got like x amount of work and um and you know yeah uh, you know, I'm suffering with you know depression or yeah. I'm really suffering with anxiety and blah 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 and yeah. you think. The online world is just the biggest deceiver ever
0: it is Um, it does yes mental you know and i'm
1: looking at myself going okay i've only got x amount of followers who cares i honestly the amount of times i've felt like just deleting my instagram account because i'm like who cares i'm still getting you know work and being blessed by having meeting incredible people um and getting the opportunity to photograph my clients are walking away going Oh my goodness, like I cannot believe you captured so and so so beautifully. Yeah. That's that's more yeah. important than some rando, you know, liking a picture I've got on Instagram.
0: Yeah, it's it's a superficial side, isn't it? It's um it looks all mm. shiny on the surface, but you're right, you scratch below it and and it can really cause anxiety and depression if you put your all those eggs into that social um that social Yeah, I think world. it causes
1: so many issues. Yeah. It really does. I think about that too. And don't, don't like, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm I'm just warming up my coffee. <laughs> That's,
0: That's
1: all right. Uh, um, I, I'm going to say, of course, there's uh, there's another part of me that, like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a bit more following or whatever. You know, you know, there is that human side of me that always wants a bit of promotion, yeah. a bit of a pat on the back and go, oh, my gosh, look how amazing you are. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. You know, that is that is definitely my human side. Oh, type, me
0: too. But, me too, yeah.
1: You know, I do love – I I've, I love recognition, you know. Um, but it's a fine line going, hang on, who are we recognising you? Because <laughs> it's nothing that I've done.
0: Yeah, you can't rely on it. You can't – I mean, it's nice. I mean, for some people, they, they do have their followers and they don't rely on it and they, they can still – um, have great mental health and, and um, they can still run their business and they naturally just are good at running social media. I have met people that mm. do have a lot of followers yeah. and and yeah. don't, but they don't put that first. They're not relying on it. Like if it falls apart, they're still strong in themselves. Um, but uh, at the same time, yes, I, you can still have success. You, you don't need social media. But to finish up, um, two more questions. I am interested... Just tech-wise, favorite tools um, that help you get the best shot, favorite lenses, and cameras that you like to use, off the top of your head.
1: I am very much not a a, a gear person at all or a lens person. I I, I don't even I don't even really understand cameras all that well to be honest. <laughs> I understand the you know the, the basics, but then I for me I. Want the highest of quality? I can, I can, you know, get out of a camera. Yeah. So I, have always used Canon equipment, and always when I started my career, I said to my, to my lovely wife, "I'm going to buy this equipment," and I always, and I wanted to buy L-series lenses, which were all the pro lenses. Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, can't we just, you know, maybe get the ones a little bit cheaper?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, no, because I want my clients to have the highest quality." So that I've always gone for the most expensive lenses and the most ex- one of the yeah you know, most expensive bodies. So I've mainly shot with five D, um, mark you know Mark ones, twos and threes, and one series one yep. D cameras. And now I've got uh, a Mark four, IV and I've got a one D X Mark two, and you know I prominently shoot with my seventy two hundred, my L series two point eight. Yeah, I It like would lens. probably be my favourite lens. But then, I don't know, Marie. it depends on what I'm photographing. If I'm photographing a portrait, it'll either be my 50mm or it'll be... I'm not a big uh, supporter of shooting people with a 50mm lens. I think you should always shoot people with the longest lens you can. Uh, it's a lot more flattering and it gives you that beautiful shallow depth of field.
0: As in... Especially... Further, so you can it, sit further away, it? sit further away from them, as in...
1: Always sit further away. So yeah. 70
0: to 200. Yeah. You, you do a portrait with a 70 to 200. Every...
1: Pretty much 90% of my portraits will be a 70 to
0: Oh, so you're sitting quite far away, just letting them... So you're not so much... Very
1: far place. away. Very far away. So <sighs> That's I...
0: That's interesting.
1: I rather than sitting because you know like our cameras can be big big right they're big and bulky and um they're quite intimidating
2: yes they Um, are um
1: so you know you come up to someone and say come and take your photo 50mm lens you're pretty close to them and they're gonna go whoa what Mm. is that you know this big bulky camera (laughs) in your face so i i tend to sort of go hey you know just stand there beautiful light Go way back and then just go. Okay, I'm going to push my lens all the way to 200 all the time and shoot at 2.8, and um, and I find it's especially if you're doing a full length of somebody. Yeah. Always, I always shoot very low, and so you get that. So it's a lot more flattering on people when you shoot long.
0: Yeah, interesting. Oh, I've never really tried that. I usually do, yeah, my 50 mil. But you're right. I it takes a little while to warm people up. And some people that I shoot are used to being photographed and they're, they're quick to just kind of relax. But,
2: mm.
0: yeah, it, it's it's true. People that aren't used to it, um, you really do want them to be relaxed. And, and that's half the key, isn't it, to getting a good shot mm. and keeping them relaxed. That's yeah, really good.
1: It's, it's, it's totally, the, the I think, the key to it all.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. And to finish up,
1: mm.
0: maybe you could tell us um, what you're currently – enjoying at the moment or what you love to photograph in your spare time or maybe you've got another hobby that you're just yeah what are you enjoying in these COVID times at the moment?
1: <laughs> well I I, um, I haven't really been photographing much in the way of personal stuff
2: Okay.
1: only because I find that I'm I am just so busy you know picking up the camera for clients. Yeah. Um, I actually just photographed some buildings for a client a new client that came out of the blue and asked me to just wander around the city and photograph certain buildings that they own and i i weirdly went into the city you know different times of the day and was just like in awe like it's like this passion of photography came right flooding back and i was like oh my gosh this is so incredible and look at the light and look at the architecture and look at the lines and look at the you know the different angles and you know and i was just absolutely loving it Mm. and again falling into photographing a lot of dementia people um recently has been has been truly amazing amazing especially for the family well um so, yeah, so um, that's does that answer the question?
0: It does. yeah well, that's that's the gist of the questions. And I really, really enjoyed hearing your story. I wasn't mm. expecting a lot of that. I, I find that so inspiring. yeah, you've uh, kept it simple, and I think a lot of people feel like they've got a, Get all this fancy gear and do all these fancy courses and do all this fancy marketing. And I just love the simplicity of your story. You haven't forced, yeah, it, uh, forced I've anything. All, I've had
1: a lot of students I've always chatted to who've gone, I want to go to this school or I want to go do this course or what to go, you know. And it's very hard for me to go, yeah, great, go do it. Because I never did a course, I never did, you know, any formal qualifications. And, yeah. and I think photography is not about a formal qualification, it's about you've either got it or you don't. Yep. Um, it's something you cannot go learn. So I tend, I tend to say a lot of my students who I've taught, I say, look, pick a photographer you love, or pick several photographers you love, and go and ask them if you can go hang out with them for a few days, or a few weeks, or a few months, or go and assist them for a, a year for nothing, or mm. whatever. If you love photography, go and do that. It's going you're gonna get more of that mm. than any course is gonna offer. So
0: that is true. That is a good. That's a good tip. Um, yeah, I do mm. say that to my students. I do find that when they're younger, they're like, "Oh no, I can't. I can't ask them. I'm too scared." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like,
1: that's right. Yeah, I, that's not how it works. Every you've just got to. You got to. Uh, the amount of um, you know step of faiths that I've had of bringing up other photographers to say, "Hey, um, is any chance I could come along and carry you back or whatever?" So, and the yeah. majority of them are going, "Yeah, no worries, come along." Yeah.
2: So, Yep, don't be afraid uh, to ask.
1: If anyone ever wants any help, photography questions, answered advice, you know, I'm always happy to chat to whoever.
0: Aw, thanks. Thanks for listening along. Great hearing Tim's story, his photography journey. If you would like to check out his work or reach out to him, there will be links in the podcast notes. Have a great rest of your day and see you next time.